0: If you own or manage a business in the home services industry, then you've likely had some challenges over the past few years finding good technicians for your company. This week, I'm releasing a bonus episode for you all that I recorded down in Tampa, Florida with Nathan Coker of Stanfield Air Systems, and we wanted to talk about some recruitment ideas that they've implemented in their company to have a pipeline of technicians ready for them every single year now this is out of order Uh, this is technically part two of the episodes that I recorded down there but I think that this episode has got a very timely message that a lot of you would benefit from hearing so I wanted to expedite it and get it put out before uh, it was the end of the year so please enjoy this bonus episode with my friend Nathan Coker.
1: Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, an award-winning show dedicated to helping contractors generate more revenue, employ more people, and serve more customers. Powered by Rival Digital. Tune in each week to learn how other business owners and industry professionals across the country are staying ahead of the curve in an ever-changing business landscape. So, are you ready to dominate your marketing, get a grip on your operations, and build the business you've always dreamed of? Join your host, Eric Thomas, and get a fresh perspective on what it takes to create a world-class contracting business. The best idea wins. Now, here's Eric Thomas.
0: Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back. Part two of the Service Titan Marketing for the Trade Summit podcast recording. Uh, Back with another episode. Got my friend Nathan Coker here from Athens, Georgia, which I'm excited to talk about. And what we're going to hit on in this episode is something that I know is going to cause a little bit of pain in your side when you hear it, and that is finding technicians. And I know a lot of people are struggling with that. Uh, so we're gonna talk with Nathan, see what they got going on, see some ideas that they've generated to do something like this. So, Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners out there? Uh, tell them more about yourself and, and what you got going on.
2: Yeah. Well, my name is Nathan Coker. I'm with Stanfield Air Systems. I'm the operations manager there, and we're out of Athens, Georgia. So go dogs. Yeah, go big, dogs. Got some big games coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um and so I started out in the business um, just like probably most of your listeners were, um, very young age. Actually um, did not want to go into heating and air conditioning. You know, those hot attics in, in Georgia uh, was not a, not a thing that I really enjoyed doing. So looked at doing some other avenues, uh, but always kind of got drew back into heating and air. So um, I enjoyed it, found a passion there. I found out that really just working in heating and air I didn't really have a bad day. Yeah. It may be hot, maybe sticky, maybe dirty, but, um, but the customers would, you know, keep bringing me back. So essentially that's kind of, kind of where I landed back in there, work my way up through the ranks. Um, just like most people have, um, there's not many, many jobs within heating and air that I haven't done. Um, and, uh, really there's, there's stuff to be learned from everyone.
0: Yeah. So what are some of those things you learned along the way as you worked your way up the ranks?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things working as a technician before you become a technician manager is you know those struggles that technicians go through day in and day out. Um, so it's very hard to manage those struggles and kind of have a lead from a place of empathy um, when you don't know what those struggles are. And so, you know, not only being a technician manager, being an installer and then going to manage installs, you see what issues they have and you're able to kind of work those issues out and uh, kind of figure out which one of those are either complaints or they're actually legitimate issues that need solving.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's a great point. And, um, you know, you see a lot of companies hire. They put the wrong person in the wrong seat for these leadership positions. And this happens. I mean, this is not just in the heating and air industry. This is really in any industry. But with heating and air in particular, you can tell a company that has, you know, a previous service technician as the service technician manager or operation manager or install manager just based on the way that that department is ran. Um, and so we, we see it a lot. Whenever you hear people talking about like, oh, my operations manager sucks. Okay. Well, like what's their background? It's like, oh, well, he worked, you know, he was a, a bread boy or something. I don't know. And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's great points. And, you know, you'd mentioned right before we started recording here that you guys have dialed in a pretty good, system for finding talent. So why don't you touch on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we all are looking for that star technician, somebody that's out there that's going to be the the guy that's going to come in, generate the most revenue, bring the stuff in. But what we've typically found is that star technician that can go out there and can really drive the revenue may not be the right technician. Um, That guy, he may have the nuts and bolts figured out, but as far as most of your listeners probably have, we have a culture in place of having, you know, providing excellent customer service. That guy may not be the guy. So we have kind of took it back a step um, and, and really started looking at how we can grow our own technicians. Uh, so we've actually started that. We, we've got some partnership with some local high schools. We've gone into the high schools, talked with the construction programs there, um, and we have a really large presence there. Um, actually, there's several high schools in the area that we have equipment in that we've installed and, and actually went in and showed these students, this is how you install equipment properly. Went in and kind of started doing minor service trainings with them as well. Um, and the ultimate goal and a lot of the, the instructors are really getting we've had instructors from high schools come out and do job shadowing with us at Stanfield and actually work with us during summers to kind of learn a little bit more about heating and air. We've designed a curriculum for these high school students. And so really a lot of the base level, the nuts and bolts stuff, we don't have to learn that. And we already have a presence in the high schools and we can look around and kind of figure out. Which one of these students really possess our core values and something that's going to be a good representative of our company to our customers? And we can kind of look at those students and provide scholarships and really look at them and say, what do you want to do at the next level? Do you want to go out and work? Because some students, they don't want to go to school. They don't want to do any extra higher education um, aside from, you know, just the standard stuff. Um, it's supply houses and things. They can go into the field. Or do you want to go into school? Do you want to try to do something like that? We can provide a scholarship for those wow. students and, and really push them in. Um, that program, we've been doing that for about four years, and it has worked out highly successful for us. Uh, most of those students have stuck around and, and are still working with us. We've had a few that have dropped off, but as far as retention rate on that goes, um, you know, you hear a lot of people that are worried about going to the younger generation. They're worried about going there because you hear the the stereotypes that go with that. Um, but as far as building up our workforce going forward, I, I believe that is the right path.
0: Yeah, So how many of those people typically come straight out of high school and go right into the field or into the trades?
2: Um, Going right into the field is a big step. Uh, We've only had one student that's been able to do that, and he was an exceptional student. Um, he came in, and uh, and you know most high school students, they're thinking about what they're going to do on Friday night, what hanging out with friends, things yeah. like that. Uh, this guy was a different breed. He was coming into, into work saying, what can I do to get better? And when he graduated high school, he was one of the few individuals that had actually learned enough through our apprenticeship program to actually put out into the field. Uh, but a, a typical basis would go is that we would probably put them still in kind of an extended apprenticeship program and put them with a, a lead technician. Uh, we know the core values are there. We know they have the character. Um, and it's time to start learning some of those skills. And, and relatively, it's not very long before they're able to kind of go, I'd say probably through the summer, they're probably ready to go at that point in time. Um, but that's the typical kind of life cycle of that is putting them with a senior technician and then kind of getting them seasoned on things and putting them out.
0: Yeah, that's that's great advice. That's really great share. And so for a listener out there who wants to implement something like this, you know, you said you guys started this four years ago. It's been highly successful. You know, I know some people that, they can't even stick with one thing for two weeks. How long did it take realistically before it started kind of paying off and you all started to see that workforce be built up organically?
2: That's a good question. Uh, about a year and a half. Uh, the first thing is you got to get good relationships with your partners in the school system. You can't just go in there and try to uh, say what you can offer and expect them to start sending students your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really got to build that relationship. And once that relationship is built, then it's kind of a factory for for employees to kind of just start spitting out and going in.
0: Yeah, no, that's... That's really good stuff. And I think, you know, um, we've, we've hit on this before. Um, one of our valued listeners, Lawrence Castillo was on the podcast and talked about his method for recruitment. And he's always shared about like, you need to be recruiting right now, November, December, January for the summer. Because they, there's, got, there's a training period, there's a, you know, an onboarding and a ramp-up period for them. And a lot, I think a mistake that a lot of contractors make is they wait until it gets hot and busy to try to find someone. And by then, the people you're going to find at that point, are gonna, they're going to be sticky. They're going to have problems. They're going to you know, have baggage. There's a reason why they're you know, a free agent in a market with demand when it's hot out. Um, so when do you all start kind of onboarding and kind of ramping up these green technicians for, you know, the busier seasons?
2: It's it's typically a year long thing or a year round thing. We, we really are looking all the time. Uh, but for that high school program, we start as, as soon as school starts. August when students get in there, we let them get kind of focused, settled in September or so. Then September, we're hitting it really hard through September all the way through the following school year. And then, you know, hopefully the students will graduate if they're not younger. So like I said, sometimes we're, we're looking at younger students, uh, but if they're going to graduate. We can take them directly out and put them into the program. But we're also planting those seeds on those sophomores and juniors. So that way we're really looking at them you know, two to three years in advance. You know, obviously they're in school, we have some summer internships where they can. We've had high school students come in in the summer, uh, learn how to, you know, Work with parts. Work, uh, work with parts. Running some sheet metal stuff, um, but yeah, you know, if we're looking for somebody going into the class for the summer, we're starting with those high school students when school starts. So, really, about nine months in advance.
0: Yeah, and so what does the retention rate look like for those individual employees versus folks that y'all have found from the outside?
2: Uh, as far as a, a ratio, we're looking at a, about ninety percent retention of the students that we've had from the high school, as opposed to the the people from outside. Um, you know, not near that high. Yeah.
0: What's the average? I guess you said you've been doing it for about four and a half years. So, what would you say the average, like, tenure would be for an employee out of the out of the high school program?
2: considering that about 90% of them are there and they haven't yeah. left yet. I don't know what that 10 years end up going to be. And I'm hoping they can yeah. spend a whole career with us. And um, that's kind of what they've bought into is that they're not going to come in and just be a technician for use that we're going to use them in the summertime and lose them. Uh, we're going to make a career out of them and hopefully build their skills up to be beyond just a technician, but hopefully yeah. be able to build life skills as well.
0: See, I think that that is the future of employment, not just in the trades because you know this is, relevant outside of the trades. But I I think that the next generation, yeah, we, you know, I'll say we, because I'm 27. um, But the ones that are 18, 19, 20 years old, yeah, they need money so that they can pay their bills. Everyone needs money so they can pay their bills. But I don't think that they're going to be as driven by money as people think. I think that if you can paint a clear picture of opportunity for them to achieve their personal, professional, financial goals for their life, and you can say, "Hey, look! Here's a company, a healthy company, that is going to be your vehicle for success for what you want. They will work for you, even if the pay is a little bit lower, and even if you don't have a fancy sign-on bonus."
2: Right, and and really, employees are not looking for just pay anymore. Going to the days where you could pay somebody, uh, they're going to show up to work 40, 40 hours a week or more in our in our industry, um, and stay for forty years. They have to have a reason for coming to work, and and really, that's that's another thing that we do for retention. Is you know you hear about the the quarterly conversations or you want to do reviews, um, we do more than just KPIs in those reviews. We ask our employees, okay, tell me something you're working for in your personal life. You know, not necessarily you know your goals that you're working for in the company. What do you look for? Are you trying to buy a house? Are you are trying to buy a vehicle? Are you trying to do something? Um, you know, go on a big vacation? We hold them accountable to that. So when they come yeah. back to the next quarterly meeting, it's not not just to have a conversation about your KPIs in the business. Okay, how are you going toward that? goal of building a house how are you looking at for that vacation that you've wanted to go to and and what can we do as a company help you get to those goals
0: yeah when i interviewed tommy mello we talked about something like that and it's just about like finding out what their dream is what their goals are and then just fitting it all inside of you know your dream as their manager your dream as the owner of the company because you know your dream for the company is never going to happen if you don't have these people and So there's got to be something in it for them as well. Um, And, and, you know, I do think uh, social media and just the exposure of people's life on the internet has contributed to just this. You know, like you mentioned, someone showing up every day, you know, every day, punching the clock, 40, 50, 60 hours a week for 40 years and they retire. Back then, they didn't have TikTok. They didn't have people sitting there on their feed saying, Oh my gosh! I love my life. Look how great I am, and like, look at this awesome career I have. No, they were a lot of times they didn't know there was other things out there for them. They didn't know that there was more to be had because it was just like, I know how to fix air conditioners, and that's what I'm going to do for 40 years. Um, so yeah, I think that's great. So so one last thing before we kind of wrap up here, as far as that growth goes, like within the organization, because you know you came up with you know technician. And now you're into a, a management position. What does that look like for some of the people in y'all's program? Have some of them began to progress up into leadership roles?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have one student that was in the program that started out kind of as a helper. He was a parts runner. Um, he's in a lead uh, lead installer position right now. Um, and, and as we grow, obviously, we have to have a bigger base. We have to have, you know, different structure than we have currently now. Um, so there's opportunities for them to rise up into certain management positions, different uh, sales positions, um, and we've tried to make that known to them and say, look, you know, you may you may not enjoy doing an installer's job from now, on, but you keep at this and you gain your skills here. There are avenues; the the corporate ladder doesn't always go straight up. There can be you know, different different yeah. avenues there. Um, so, but there ha- there have been some progression there uh, from maintenance technician to service technicians, uh, from helpers to to lead installers. Yep.
0: Well, one thing we learned this morning was that there's there's math before marketing. And so I'm going to ask just the easiest way for us to paint this picture. When you started this program, how big was the company? And how big is the company now, four and a half years later, as far as like number of employees?
2: Number of employees, we have gained probably um, close to eight additional employees over where we were from nice. where we were at that point in time.
0: That's awesome. So it, it's it's been consistent about two a year? It's been about two a year, yep. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And, and like, you can predict that now. Right. Right. Like if you, that's what we were talking about all morning. I know a lot of us here, you know, a lot of numbers, a lot of data so far from this summit and my brain hurts after a lot of numbers like that. But if you know, this program is going to produce two employees for us every year. That's great. Now you can, you can start predicting your, the entire business around that almost because you need them to run the calls. And if you know we're going to have two more employees, well, then we can take, if they're running four calls a day, we can take eight more calls a day. And if we're going to take eight more calls a day and our booking rate is 70%, then we need, math, 14 calls a day uh, so that we can get those eight booked jobs. And if we need 14 calls a day and that cost per call is, you know, the cost per conversion or lead is, uh, let's just make up a number here, $10 well, then we need to spend this much a day on marketing. So knowing this, you can reverse engineer the entire business around stuff like that because the people are what drives everything. So Nathan, I really like that. Perfect. So uh, yeah, Nathan, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Um, Why don't you go ahead and just tell our listeners how they can learn more about um, your company or how they could possibly get a hold of you.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, our company you can get to by our website. It's www.stanfieldair.com. That's S-T-A-N-F-I-E-L-D. Uh, you can also visit our Facebook page, or they can send direct emails to me is operations at stanfieldair.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. I want to ask a quick favor of our listeners out there: if you enjoyed this content, if it made you laugh, if it made you cry. It made you rethink the way that you run your business. I ask that you kindly leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or even on Spotify. You can do that now. Uh, It would mean the
1: world to us. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, powered by Rival Digital, helping business owners and industry professionals across the country stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing business landscape. We hope you learned something from this week's episode. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast.